Hello and welcome to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain to you why. There's a creation tool that's located within the Anchor app, which will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And then Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. That's also one of the perks of using Anchor. And then your podcast could be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in one place, which is in the Anchor app. So if you want to get started, and again, it's totally free, then download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, welcome to Life As It Is with Dora Middleton. I would like to start off by saying that today I would like to just talk about everything that's going on in the world today. And I'm going to basically start off with racism because that's a subject that no one ever wants to talk about. They... When you try to get on the subject of racism to try to get to the root of the problem, people, they they freeze up. They don't want to talk about it. It, it To some, they would tell you it doesn't exist. It's, it's not as bad as people say that it is. But it is. It's just as bad as people say that it is. We're living in a world today where you have people thinking or people people feel as if they are the only ones that should be here. Everyone else should go back to where they came, where they came from is what they're saying. Okay. You're always so quick to say go back to where you came from. Are you going back to where you came from? Is my question to all of these people. They're always quick to say people are disrespecting the flag. No one's disrespecting the flag. And my question is, okay, if kneeling is disrespecting the flag, then shouldn't it be, shouldn't you all feel the flag is being disrespected when you're tying it up and using it as a halter top? Or as a a little mini skirt? Because I've seen it all done. I've seen it. Is it disrespectful then? Is it disrespectful when those same people not only have turned this into a piece of clothing to wear, sitting on the ground in it? Is it disrespectful then? So if you don't think it's disrespectful when people are wearing it around, making halters out of it in skirts. Is it, why is it disrespectful if someone's kneeling because they're trying to make a statement, a, a statement about being equal, everyone being equal. People want to be respected. We want to be able to walk up the street without being harassed, without Someone telling you you fit the description. The description of what? 
When all honesty, the only thing you've done is you've, the only law you've broken is walking up the street while black. Why has it gotten to the point where we, certain people feel, and I'm not, one thing about me, I'm just going to say this. I'm I'm not going to candy coat it. You understand? I'm not going to kind of dance around what I, what I have to say, what I need to say. I want to know why is it that when you're Caucasian, you feel that you have the right to tell people where they can and cannot live. You want to interpret to them like, like you're the superior you know, like you, you control everything. Even with housing, you, you all feel some of you, and I'm not going to say all of you, because one thing about it, there's racism in all race of people and every race has racism. I'm not saying every white person is racist. I'm not saying every black person is racist. I'm not saying every Hispanic is racist. I'm not trying to say every, uh, just Every race has racism, but I can only speak from the experiences I've had with racism and I can only talk about the things that I've seen happen to others with situations with racism. People are so comfortable now. It's like Black people are being disrespected from every angle. And and one thing I try to get people to understand, when you uh, when the discrimination is coming from people that you purchase things from, stores you go to, when you see that these people that own these stores are disrespecting you and treating you like shit, when you go into this store and they're watching you and they're acting like you're trying to steal their merchandise and they're following you around and they're saying ignorant things to you, don't give them your money. Put that shit down. Put it down and walk the hell out because you don't have to give them your money. And I tell people, I tell people this every day. Why are you complaining? You're complaining about these little mini markets for one in your city they're selling stale food, sour milk. They're they're disrespecting your kids. They're disrespecting you. But you're complaining, but you're still going to these stores. Why are you complaining is my question. Why are you complaining? You can put an end to it. You know how you can do that? Don't spend your money in there. If you all, if as a community, come together and you say, we're not giving you any more of our money. You have disrespected us for the last damn time. We will not spend one cent in your store. Guess what happens? No business, no store. They need your business. And these people bank on the fact that no matter how they treat you, you're still coming back. And they laugh in your faces. Stop giving these people your money. Stop going to these stores. You don't go to their stores. 
They don't make, they need a profit. They have to get, these people have to make money to keep these stores open. So why are you shopping there? Why are you still going there? You all need to come together as, uh, as a community and say, we're going to run your ass out of my, you're, you're leaving. This is, this is our community. We don't want you here. We're not giving you our money anymore. We will buy from someone else. And shut their asses down. But we can't. We can't come to. One thing I notice about. And I'm going to say this. And again, I'm not going to candy coat anything that I have to say. Whether it be about someone is white. Whether it be about someone is black. We obviously don't know how much power we do have. Because all these people that's doing all this disrespectful shit to us, we don't have to accept this. We don't have to accept this. Stop giving them your money. Shut their asses down. Send them packing. Take, send them with their stale ass food, their sour ass milk. And those stores that they keep so nasty that when you walk through the door, it stinks. And you know why they do that? Because they don't care about you all in your community. They don't care what they sell to you all. They don't feel they have to do anything but take your money. Shut them down. Stop giving them your money. Stop going to these stores. You'll end it all that way. Okay, let them see. You need me. I don't need you. There's a lot more where there's so many more stores I can be going to. I don't need you or your shit. Okay, that's what you all need to do. Stop giving them your money and shut their asses down. And then you have you go into bigger stores like your your big grocery store chains or your Walmarts and it's, it, it seems like from all the videos that I've seen on social media, it, media, it's always Walmart where they are accusing people of stealing. People have their receipts. They haven't stolen anything. In every video I've seen, they've always been black. Always been black. Is because they feel when we come into their stores, we're not supposed to be able to spend all the money that we might spend. That's a no, no. I, I dare this person come in here and spend this money. And especially if I don't have the money and I'm, I'm white, I have this privilege. I dare you spend all this money. I remember reading an article about a rapper that went and withdrew uh, quite a bit of money out of his account and they called the police. What the hell are you calling the police for? This is this man's money. You know, and it just, <laughs> it you have to, you know what? You have to kind of laugh at this, this, this BS to keep from getting so angry about it. You have to laugh about it. I remember I was driving my dad's car I went home to visit my parents um, because I was living in a different state and I was driving his car and my mom was on the passenger side. It was a pretty expensive car. 
So the police flagged me and I already knew from, I knew he was on some, some bullshit and I will say bullshit and okay. And I'm, I'm going to say this again. I keep my podcast real. I keep it 100. So you're going, you, you're going to hear some things that you might not like, but you will hear them. I'm not going to for, I can't force you to listen to it, but I am going to, I will tell you that everything I say is 100% true. And I'm real and I'm going to always keep it real. So I was flagged back to the story. I was flagged by this policeman. He pulled me over. He walked up to the car. I said, "Um, how may I help you? You know, license and registration. Okay. I give him everything. I said, okay, why did you stop me? He said, your tags are expired. I said, no, sir. No, they're not. Uh, no, they're expired. Um, trust me on that. I said, no, sir. Trust me when I say they weren't expired. I know they're, they weren't expired because I was at my parents' house when he went to the DMV and got his new tags and put them on. Two-year tags. You know, and I'm I'm just shaking my head at this 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 bullshit. You know, what it was was in the neighborhood my parents lived in. We're not supposed to be able to live like that. And the car he that my father has that my parents drive these cars. We're not supposed to be able to afford these things. And. When he saw that he wasn't, I was not going to allow him to keep telling me I was driving with expired tags. I said, sir, are you, can you not see um, what's on those plates? You might want to shine the light on them because you're wrong. And I said, I can, do you want to also see the paper that the tags were attached to? Because I have those too. They're still in the car. So then he goes and he walks back to his car he comes back about two minutes later um i'm sorry enjoy yourself um have a safe ride back home okay get get the hell out of here with that bs okay it's just things like that that just pisses me off oh i have stories galore i can tell you about i'm driving to my sister's house which she lives not even three minutes away from me. So I'm driving to her house. I didn't even, I was in the right lane. I couldn't make any turns until I got to the light. So I'm in this right lane waiting to make a right at the light. And this man tells me I got over out of the left lane and I didn't use a signal. I said, no, sir, I didn't. I drove this whole lane in the right lane because I drove this whole trip in the right lane because I knew I was turning. So when I came on this road, I came on in the right lane and I stayed there. Okay, so, and he asked for my ID and insurance and I gave him everything. And I said, okay, so can you tell me the real reason why you stopped me? Because it wasn't because I... Um, got over without using a signal because I never got over, period, until I made that right turn and then I used my signal. So then he said, well, can I'll be right back. Give me a minute. So he went back to his car. 
And I'm sitting in the car with my young daughter, okay? She said, well, what did we do? Because you used a signal. I said, honey, we didn't do anything. It, it's going to be okay. So he comes back to the car and, and he tells me, um, I couldn't call anything in to check anything. I take your word on everything that you've said. You know, your license is fine. I couldn't run anything because um, the system is down. I said, is that right? Okay. Your system is down. I said, okay, thank you. I'll be on my way. Oh, okay. You guys enjoy your day. We were enjoying our day until you decided to pull us over for committing, committing the crime of being black while driving. Okay. So then I, the more, when I I continued to drive onto my sister's house and I, I got so pissed that I called back to that station and I asked for his uh, supervisor. Okay. And he called me back and I explained everything to him, everything that happened. And he told me, he said, um, I am, he said, I apologize for what happened. He said, I'm going to investigate. And he asked for the badge. And if I knew the badge number and yes, I did know the badge number. Okay. So I gave him everything that he needed and he called me back. He said, I have a question for you. I said, yes. He said, now tell me exactly again, step-by-step step what happened. And I, I told him that. And I said, he also came to the car and he told me when he got back out of his car, he couldn't run any of my, my things because your system was down. And he said, ma'am, my, our system was not down. That was a lie. He lied. And I, I also told him, if you want me to bring my credentials up there so you can run them, you go right ahead. Because I haven't even had a ticket since 1989. Okay. And here we are. We were in 2018 at the time and I haven't had a ticket, hadn't been pulled over except for that one time when I was driving my dad's car and still didn't get a ticket then because he pulled me over just for being black and that type of car. But this situation, I, I don't break the law, have never broken the law, you know, and I was honest with the cop. I said he didn't check anything. I said, he claimed the system was down. He said, well, he lied. He lied to you. And I want to apologize. He said, but I'm going to contact him and I'm going to see what the hell happened. He said, because I don't appreciate my officers doing what he just did. So he called me back and he said, I want to start by apologizing to you again, because I'm about to tell you something which you already knew. He said, the cop lied. He said, um, the system wasn't down. He told me he ran your information and everything came back fine. He said, you had already told me he didn't run it. He said, you were honest from the start. You told me that he didn't run your information. And he lied and told me he did. And he said, I trust you. I, I'm, you're, you seem just as, about as honest as anyone can be. He said, I believe every word of what you're saying. I want you to come up here. So that we can write a report on him because what happens 
the next time he pulls someone else over because he feels they shouldn't be driving and they're black and it doesn't end well like it ended with you. He said, I have a lot of officers I work with and I I have to be honest when I say some of my officers are very racist. They are. He said, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. They are. uh, They are. Some of them are racist. And he said, you need to come up here and make a uh, make a complaint about what he did to you. And the reason why I told this story is because people want to make it seem like cops or policemen are perfect. They're not perfect. And I'm not going to sit here and say every police is bad because they're not. But I will say this, they keep everything within themselves. When they see their partners or their um, co-workers committing these crimes and when they're killing people in cold blood and they're lying and falsifying paperwork and doing this and that, when you allow that kind of shit to take place, you're just as guilty as they are. You're just as bad as they are. Because you're you're letting this slide because you all feel you have this code that you have to go by where you protect your fellow officer when he's doing wrong. When he's doing wrong, you you protect him when you know he's killed someone and he did it and didn't have a reason for doing it. And then he forged documentation and you stand by him and you stand and you look everybody in the eyes and you say, this is what happened. There, those people are lying. He, that, that person had a weapon or this person tried to, um, this person tried to charge the officer. All of this bullshit, okay? When you stand for this, you stand for all of this to take place. You, you sit here and you agree with what they're doing, then you're just as damn guilty as they are. It's like, while you're we're living black right now it's like there's bounties on our backs let's see how many let's see how many blacks we can kill today it's almost like the damn hunger games like we're being hunted down and no one sees that this is a problem no one wants to believe this is a problem that's that's one thing i can't stand to hear is when someone says well I don't think it's as bad as what they're saying. Why are they always complaining? It's always the race card. It's always the race card. Really? You you don't see anything that's going on? How would you feel if it was your child being gunned down in that car? How would you feel if it was your child laying on the hot ass ground after being shot down like a damn animal? How would you feel? How would you feel if your kids in 2019, 2018, there was a situation. I'm going to tell you about another situation, okay, where there were little kids at a damn birthday party. And yes, I I curse sometimes. I do. And when I get mad, yes, there were some children at a birthday party. And this, this, this really sickened me out. Um, the little boy coughed the water got in his mouth and he choked in the pool in front of all of these people at this packed pool 
in front of all of these babies, all of these children. You have a Caucasian woman runs over because the little black boy coughed because he was choking off the pool water. Everyone get out of the pool. He's spinning the pool. Get out of the pool like he's contagious. Like he was contagious. Are, are you? I. Oh, my God. I have to. I really have to count backwards for this one. You know, it's it's like she wanted to bring back the old days where if, if your black foot went in that pool, they let all the water out and, and scrubbed it in order for the whites to be able to get back in that pool and not get the germs from this black person on them. I guess she was bringing that back that day in 2018. Are you serious? When the person that was there came and told me about that situation, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. This day and age, because the child choked off the water, you don't do that when you have grownups pissing in the water, okay? But you are losing your mind because a child was choking off pool water and you feel like it was something that was so disgusting to you that you you wanted all the kids out of the pool. Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. We will be back um, after this quick break. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life As It Is with Dora Middleton. Before break, I was telling you about an incident with a little black child and a a white woman at a uh, public pool. Okay, now I really would like to discuss the situation with Black Lives Matter. I would like to touch on that because that's a touchy situation there as well. I hear a lot of people saying, and they still talk about this on social media a lot, and that's why I'm bringing it up now. They say, well, why is it that black people are making it seem like their lives are the only, that black people's lives are the only lives that they care about? And... That's not what anyone's saying. That's what you're coming up with to make yourself feel good, but that's not the truth. Black Lives Matter isn't about, they're not saying, okay, your lives don't mean anything. We're just worried about black lives. No, Black Lives Matter, what they're saying is they want the violence to stop toward black people. They want the 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 killings that have taken place with blacks being gunned down by policemen to stop. They want the killings where people, random people won't just be killing random black people. Like the situation in Florida with the man that shot and killed the young man, the young black child, because he felt he didn't like his his music. It was up too loud or he didn't like the rap. I mean, it's they're just talking about all of these situations that has happened with black people. 
They're just asking for justice. They want people to be punished, do their jail time for the crime that they committed when you're killing people and it's not necessary. You're killing them in cold blood. I just, I think that people rather find something to, they, how can I phrase this? I think what it is, is when it comes to the black race, people feel we are supposed to just sit back and accept whatever's thrown at us. That's not, even if it's, it's not justified. You, on, on social media, you hear a lot of people telling black, you see these comments they make toward black people. Oh, just stop using the race card. You're always using the race card. Well, they're using the race situation because it is always about race. I have heard so many people talking about their white privilege. Hell, I've heard, like I stated, they're, the white guy that said, it's about time I start using my white privilege because because of the color of my skin, we I can get anything that I want and I haven't been utilizing that. And it's about time I start to utilize that to get everything that I want. And people say, there's no such thing as white privilege. Oh, like hell it's not. Oh yeah, it is. I've worked in big companies, really big companies. Okay. Where you have a Caucasian person call in and say, I can't afford this. I can't afford um, what you're asking me for. Is there a way that you can lower? I'm a single parent. Is there a way that you can lower the amount of of my move in so that I can move into my new house? Because I can't afford that move in cost. Okay. And I said, ma'am, this is what the move-in cost is. You know, um, basically, you're buying this house. You filled out your paperwork and you said you could afford this house. You know, this is what I'm saying to myself. I said, ma'am, I, well, can you ask your supervisor? I'm like, okay. So I'm talking to my supervisor. I said, sir, there's nothing we can do about this. You know, this is her move-in cost. Oh, no, we're going to have to, I'm going to change some numbers. She's going to get in this house. I'm going to just make it so that she can move in for this, this um, $1,000. So he gets on the phone, ma'am, is $1,000, can you make $1,000 or do we have to work at it some more? She says, that's fine. I can, I can afford $1,000. I just couldn't afford the $4,000, but you knew you've known this. You knew that's how much it was going to be when you were approved for your house. So obviously you thought you were going to have it or you're, you, I mean, some kind of way you, you agreed to it. You knew that this is what you needed. But then the closer you got to your move-in day with, I believe, only three days left to move in, you, you realized you didn't have it. So you called in and said you were a single mom and you couldn't afford it. And he worked it. He worked it for you and got you. He got her exactly what she wanted. Okay. So then there's another call that that came in with a black woman. And she says, I'm 
I ran into a little bit of a problem. Um, is there any kind of way that we can do something about the cost, the closing costs? I'm, you know, I'm sorry something came up. You know, I I had it, but something came up and I was unable to come up with the full amount. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, it can be done because he just did it for her. And what he told me is she shouldn't get a house that she can't afford. I said, oh, okay. I said, so you're saying you're not going to do anything, right? He said, no, we're not going to do anything. Um, She's getting a house she can't afford. So I'm basically looking at the... I pulled out both files with him standing there. I said, hmm, no, actually she can afford it. So obviously she just ran into a problem. On the other hand, the one that you worked with can't afford it at all. Do you understand that? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? She can't afford it, but you all put her in a 200 and something thousand dollar house that she can't afford. Look at look at the pay stubs. Look at what she makes. She can't afford it. But you made it work for her anyway. So how is she going to keep the house? You know, are you going to pay her bills? And he's just looking at me like, okay, whatever. I said, so, but then this woman, look at look at her. Look at what she makes. She can afford it. The black woman could actually afford it. And I hate to tell the situation by black and white, but it happened that way. It was a white woman, black woman. So I have to tell it the way it happened. I said, so obviously she must have ran into a problem. Here's her check stubs. Here's everything. She can afford it. She just, like she said, something happened. So why is it that you're not willing to do for her what you just did to for this Caucasian woman? Well, she knew. She knew what? I said, actually, they both knew what their closing cost was going to be. So you should have your ass right here trying to figure out how you can help her the same way you did her. Do you think he did it? (laughs) Yeah, don't hold your breath on that one. I have seen so many things that have taken place that was really racist, that is unbelievable. I've had people tell me, I don't want you handling all my money. You, I, I, what race are you? I, I really can't tell by talking to you. You sound white, but are, I mean, what, what race are you? I said, I sound white. Oh, wow. Okay. I said, no, ma'am, I'm black. <gasps> black. Oh no, I don't want anyone black handling my money. I said, well, that's fine, ma'am. Let me get you to someone else. Okay. So when her call continued to go unanswered, when the person she wanted, which was a white person to handle her money. Then she wanted me to handle it. I said, ma'am, you know, I'm going to let the person that you feel that you trust handle your money so I can give you their voicemail because you keep coming back to my desk. So, um, I'll send you to the other office because I'm not the one that you want to handle your money. Okay. Now you want me because they don't want to take your call. They're saying she, they don't want to deal with, with her bullshit because they didn't feel like dealing with it. So they didn't want to do their job. 
I was willing to do my job and handle her money, handle her situation. And she didn't want me to do it. So I was going to let the person handle it that she wanted to handle it. It wasn't me. So I stepped out of the equation. I turned it over to someone else in my department that could handle her situation since she didn't want me to do it. I wasn't going to argue about it. I have been told people have called in and said, because of this this damn Obama, I can't pay my bills. This is when he was in office. I said, you think it's his fault you can't pay your bills? I would think it's your fault you can't pay your bills. You know, I'm this is I'm saying this to myself. You know, I'm I'm one thing about me is I don't disrespect anyone. But I'm in my mind, I'm saying, you know, how is this his fault? You know, and then they turn around. I guess you voted for that goddamn loser and this and that. And I said, oh, oh I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. We, I'm doing a job. If you want my help, I am here to help you. Don't ask me who I voted for. Don't start venting to me about how you feel about what's going on with politics right now. That's not part of my job, you know. And I explained to my superior this to my boss, I'll say, over the department this call you need to handle. Because I'm not going to do it. I, I'm not going to listen to someone that is going into this whole vent about what they feel this man is doing or not doing. I wouldn't listen to it if it was if it was Bill Clinton. I wouldn't listen to it if it was Trump. I don't I, this. I'm here to do a job, not hear you and how you feel about your about Obama. OK, I'm not. If you didn't vote for him, that's that's your prerogative. That's your business. Don't ask me who I voted for. That's my business. I'm here to do my job. Just let's keep it that way. I have dealt with so much racism in my life. And I'm still humble. I'm still the same nice person that I am. I'm nice to everyone. I don't let that change who I am. It hasn't changed me to become this vicious person. It's opened my eyes to a lot of things, and that's why I'm talking about it right now because I'm tired of people tiptoeing around the you know racism racism and race issues. Everyone wants to tiptoe around it they don't want to talk about it, and that's a problem because if you again, if you don't want to talk about it, you're not trying to find a solution and anytime anyone and i I'm, I say this in all my podcasts anytime you don't want to be a part of the solution, then you are more than willing to be a part of the problem. Okay. And I've, I'm just so tired of all of the racism and hatred that's going on in this world today. I barely, I, I kind of shy away from watching the news now because I'm like, it's, it's always the same BS. And then you hear, here's another situation that I want to discuss. And that's the Issues with the drugs, opiates, and everything that's going on. You have people ODing every single day. Every single day. It was a, They felt it was okay when they thought that this drug would just be in the inner cities. And now when, when 
it was happening in the black, predominantly black areas. It was, oh, they're just druggies and they're thugs and they're, they're, they're selling drugs. They're using drugs and they're ODing and this and that and all this. They were just druggies. Now that it's hitting in the suburbs, it's, it's, it's an epidemic. It's a drug epidemic. They need to get these people help is what they say. You need to get them help. You put them in rehab when they have OD three, four, five times, or some some of them do it every day, okay? And it's sad, but it's happening, okay? Now, when you thought that it was just touching the the black race, inner cities, the people in the inner city, you didn't care. You weren't trying to get them into rehab programs. You weren't trying to help these people at out at all. They were dying. They were ODing. You didn't care. They, you felt they were dopeheads. They were, they were worthless. Their lives meant nothing. But now since it's come to the suburbs, oh, you all are working in any way. You're trying everything you can to put a stop to this. And the reason why it, get, it got out of hand is because your asses didn't do shit to stop it when it was in the inner cities. And now that it's in the deep suburbs, oh, you're, you're trying everything you can do to put a stop to it. But it's your fault it got out of hand. Had you all stepped in and done something about it when it was happening in the inner cities, then your, your precious suburbs would have been fine. But now it's so bad in the suburbs. And, and it's really bad because the parents of these children... They're feeding them the money. They're giving them the money and they're buying the drugs. They, they're helping these kids with, the, with their addic- um, the addictions that they have. You're, you're giving them the money and they're just, they're buying all the heroin, all the whatever it is that they need, whatever they want to snort, whatever it is they want to use, their parents are feeding their addiction. And it's getting out of hand. And you know, they're, they're doing it because they don't want, their children to be mad at them you're not here to be your children's friend you're here to be your children's parent so if your children your child is on drugs you make sure you get this child in rehab I I don't care how many I hate you's you get or you're ruining my life I don't care I guess you can hate me and I guess I'm ruining your life because your ass is going to rehab and you're gonna stay there until you're clean. I don't give a damn if it's two months, two years, 10 years, you're going to be in there. But that's not how these parents are. I have talked to parents that has a child that's addicted to drugs. And what these parents have told me, well, I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't want to alienate my child. I'm, I try to be my child's friend and you know, I don't, they, I hate to see my child angry. Okay. You hate to see your child angry and you want to, you want to see, you don't want to see your child angry. The question I've asked them, well, do you want to see your child dead? Do you want to see them putting your child in the dirt from ODing off drugs? And don't, don't just look at me like you can't answer that question. What would you rather see? What would you rather happen? Have your child just scream out, I hate you. And you still sign them papers to put that child in rehab or you take the key to the vault that you're putting 
that when they're putting your child in the ground because the child has OD'd off heroin. That seems like that should be an easy question to answer. You should be wanting to put your child in rehab. But there's, I, the the situation here is there's, there's places for them to go dealing with rehab, but I'm going to tell you a story. And one thing I talk to everybody, I can hold a conversation with any, anybody anywhere. Okay. That's the type of person I am. So when I say, oh, I had a conversation with this person or that person, I did because I can do that. I, I, I actually, I talk a lot. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> I talk a lot. So I, I have met a lot of people in my lifetime and I've talked to people, CEOs in jails and these people have stated, well, you know, when they send black kids in here, they try to get them time. They don't try to get them into rehab. They rather us send them up. You know, they're not, they don't try to help them. But when white kids come through the system, the first thing they tell us is we don't want to ruin their um, their record. You know, they, they were found with this drug, but they have a drug habit. Put them in this this rehab program where they have a rehab program, from what I've heard, is very nice, but they don't put the black children in there. They Their goal with them is to just send them up. They, they were caught with this drug, put them in jail. But when it comes to the white kids going through that system, they're not going to ruin their their record. They put them through rehab. They don't even charge them with the drug they found on them. But it's it doesn't it's not that easy for the the black children. And I you know, when I'm talking to these people and I hear this, all I can do is shake my head like what what the hell is going on here? This this is the world that we live. This is why I say the country's downfall. This is why I named my podcast today a country's downfall because if we don't make some changes this country is just it's going to be fucked i mean it's already there damn near it's just it amazes me i'm just so amazed at how i where's all the hate coming from what what is the problem i just want some Everyone needs to sit down and just ask each other, what what is the problem? Why do you have so much hate in your heart? Where is it coming from? I know it's taught at home. I, I do. But there are some issues here. Someone's not working out their issues. People are just riding around full of hatred. Like I say, you can... You're due to see a person on the street and you look in their eyes. You all have that eye contact somehow and all you see is pure hate in their eyes. You have people randomly shooting and killing people driving just because they're black. There was a black woman that had a car accident and she was knocking on. She knocked on someone's door for them to call 911 and they shot and killed her. Are we at that point in time where you can't even ask you can't get help anymore without maybe losing your life 
you you have to tell your children how to drive while being black. That's a shame. It's a shame. You have to school your children on what not to do, how to act, how to hold your hands while being black. When white kids can drive all up and down the streets, hanging out of the window, and I'm, I, hey, hey, anyone that don't like it, I, I tell you again, you don't have to listen. I'm telling you from experience of what I've seen. I live in the deep suburbs. Yes, I do. Uh, predominantly all whites. That is where I live. I see everything. Okay. You see these kids, the parents give them the money that they give these kids, these expensive cars. The kids are on all these drugs. They're doing the drugs. They're drinking, they're driving, they're doing it all. And they're crashing. And then they turn around and say, they don't know what happened. You know exactly what happened. You were feeding their drug and alcohol habit. Stop acting like, and I tell people, stop acting like what's going on in the inner cities isn't happening in the suburbs. Oh, it's happening in the suburbs, but guess what? The suburbs is going to keep it quiet. They don't want anyone to know that it's happening. But I tell people, oh, honey, what's happening in, in the inner cities is happening in the suburbs, but they're just trying to hide it from everyone. They don't want to tarnish the the name they don't want to tarnish the suburbs they don't want people to know wow this is happening in in our in those suburbs are you serious because okay because it costs a lot to live here um the house is really big and nice so you feel you don't want people to know the true crimes that's happening here about you i mean you got Crime happens everywhere, but stop hiding it. Be honest about it. You have the murder suicides. You have the the kids killing the parents. You have all of that taking place, but they hide it. They make it seem like none of it is happening in the suburbs when it happens every day. And I tell people that it happens every day. Don't assume it doesn't. They just hide it from you all. So I'm just, I'm sitting here and I have to wonder sometimes. I've even heard attorneys say, you know, when they prosecute, when they're trying to get their cases done, they're not going to really fight the way, and this is a damn shame for an attorney to say this, they're not going to fight the way they should fight for that person's case because they don't want to alienate the judge. They don't want to upset the judge or the other attorney because they might need them for something. So you're half-assed doing things with cases dealing with blacks when it involves blacks and, and whites. You're half-assed doing the. They're paying you as a black person. They're paying you your retainer. They're paying you everything you ask for. But you're half-assed working your job. That's also a problem that is that that's a big problem and it happens a lot. I have a lot of friends as lawyers, doctors, you name it. I know them. Because again, I'm I talk a lot. I people talk to me. I'm easy to talk to. 
I can be in a store and someone will start talking to me and I know their whole life story in 10 minutes. And they, then they'll turn around and say, you are just so easy to talk to. I am easy to talk to because I don't judge anyone. I don't, I don't do that. If I can help you, I'm going to talk to you and tell you what you, you should be doing. You know, if you want my opinion, I'll give it to you. I'm easy to talk to. But the world we're living in right now, this world is so corrupt. There's so much anger, so much hatred that it seems like it's crumbling. But I need to take another break, so I will be back in a moment. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life As It Is with me, Dora Middleton. Um, I would like to finish my discussion. I was having we've I've touched on a lot of different subjects. Um, now I want to touch on all of the kidnappings we're having, and just a human trafficking. Um, all of this is a big problem in this country right now. It's just so much happening. It's like if it's not one thing, it's another in this country. With the kidnappings, every day you're on social media. Whatever day you decide to get on social media, it's always you're sharing pictures of missing children. And you're sharing and you're sharing. And it's like, are they ever going to find these kids? But what I have noticed, I have noticed um, from watching the news and reading different um, articles on kidnappings, I kind of want to know why well, I actually want to know. I'm not going to say I kind of want to know. I want to know why is it that when it comes to brown children, you know, black children, why is it that they're, they're always asking, well, did they run away? Or they're saying they're probably with friends or it's never what it is that they were kidnapped. It's like they always want to make it seem like this child just decided to run away. And I've noticed with others, um, when it comes to a, a white child, it's urgent. You know, they, they're in danger it's never did they, you know, did they run away? Did they have a reason why they didn't want to be at home? You want to, they always, it's like, it's always made to believe that these kids were unhappy at home and they decided to just pick up and run away. And then they, they have later found the children dead. When you didn't want to do an Amber Alert because you felt that they were runaways and I'm talking on this subject because I can remember a situation happening a few years ago down south when I lived down south. It was a little girl. Um, she was a Hispanic child. I would see this little girl playing outside sometimes by herself. And I know a few times I've told her, honey, go inside, go in the house. You shouldn't be out here by yourself. You know, I one thing about me, when it comes to kids, I hate to see a child outside alone. 
I'm one of those people where no no child should be outside alone. Call me just I, I, you could you could say whatever you want where I'm concerned, but I'm that parent that no, I'm going to watch mine like a hawk, okay? You go up the street walking, I'm coming behind you. I'm right with you. I'm not going to give you a chance to take what belongs to me. You know, and I cringe when I see these kids alone, walking the streets alone. Shouldn't be like that. Not this day and age. We, I know when we were younger, we would ride the bikes until the sun was down, you know, and the street lights came on. But it was different then. I'm not saying things didn't happen back then, but oh, the things that's happening now, keep an eye on your kids, people. Don't just send your kids outside and not check on them. That's it's pedophiles out there, it's murderers out there. You don't want to just have your kids outside and 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 not check on them and not know, not watch them. That's the wrong thing to do. The wrong thing to do. And back to the little girl, I even, because at the time I was living in an apartment, it was about, I'd say maybe seven years or so, seven years ago. And the little girl, as I stated, was always outside by herself. I called the leasing office and I told them, could you please talk to this child's mother? Um... The child shouldn't be wandering around outside by herself. I got so disgusted one day. I even called the police. Please, can you all come? She's outside by herself again. I walked her to the front of the house, to the front of of her apartment and watched her go in and told her, lock the doors. You're, she, I don't, I don't know what was going on with that situation. I I don't judge people. I don't know. All I know is I constantly kept trying to get this child to stay in the house. And I called the police. They didn't do anything. I tried to even do a hotline call. They wanted to, what's her? I don't know anything about her parents. I don't know because I'm the type of person I stay to myself because, you know, I I just stay to myself, so I don't I can't tell you anything about my neighbors. I I can't even tell you anything about my neighbors now. You know, I've talked to one neighbor, one, and that's I I think it's easier that way because people are really messy, and I don't like drama, and I I do my thing. Okay, I just do my thing, and I live in a really quiet neighborhood, but I still say. I don't, I'm not the type of person, even though I say I'm easy to talk to, I am. But I, when it comes to neighbors, you got to be watchful of that, that whole neighbor situation because people get real messy and I have seen some situations break out in neighborhoods and I don't want to be a part of that because I don't do drama. Okay. But enough of that. Back to my story. I tried everything I could to help this baby. So no one helped and I went back to the leasing office one last time and I told the manager there I said if you all don't talk to her mother um because I could when I would see the child the mother was never around so I couldn't talk to her myself because I never saw her 
I never knew where she was at. She was never at that at the house. So I said, if you all don't step in, it's not going to end well for this baby. She's running around out here. And again, I was in the deep suburbs, but down south where I lived down there, it was the suburbs, but it it had all these ways to these dark streets going um, to different areas and and it was always it was like three no I say about four different highways you can hit to get away from that area it was just a straight shot if anyone wanted to do anything and it I mean it was a beautiful area but I had a problem with her being out there because I'm like it's just too many too many ways for someone to get away with that child and I I didn't know what to do. I felt lost. I'm like, what am I going to... I'm trying to help this child. I've tried the hotline, the mother. I've tried everything I could do. So finally, the mom moved away. She moved, I say, 10 minutes, 15 minutes up the street. Still a nice area. She started doing the same thing, allowing her daughter to play outside from what I gathered, from what I heard from people that knew her. There was a man, a maintenance man working at that facility. He had some kind of sick fetish, they said, with the little girl. So he stole her skate and he told her, they said one day if if he told the little girl, I think she was six or something like that. He told her if six or seven, I believe she was, yeah, six or seven. He told her if she wanted her other skate, she had to come with him. And he, she went with them from what they say. And, um, and this information I got from a, a policeman, she went with him. He had her in one of the empty apartments and he raped her every day he had her he beat her and they said he raped and beat her in a way that it seems like it was some kind of crime of passion this little baby they said he had some kind of sick some he was he was disgusting i mean the things that they say that man did to that baby was just so disgusting the police when the mother made the police report because this was a Hispanic child in Hispanic family, she needed a interpreter. They refused to give her one. They refused to give the mother one. And um, they didn't look for the child. The people in the complex were looking for the child. They were looking high and low. They were telling the policemen in that area we lived in, I'm going to say it again, it was predominantly white. And um, they didn't want to look for her. They said she ran away. So you really believe the six or seven year old child ran away? They, the police department was all white. To, uh, not uh, No other colors, all white. Not other race, no other race, just white. They wouldn't look for the child. They came and said, well, you know, we drove around the, the area we can't find her. They didn't go in any of the empty houses. They didn't check the trash dumpster. They 
taped everything off because she was missing from that area. So they didn't want people to bother that area, but they didn't try to look for her. So the people in the apartment complex continued to look for her and they found her in the trash dumpster that the police refused to look in. And when the police left, the people in the complex looked in the dumpster and they found her in their dead. And she was in so bad of a condition, the cop said that he, he was speechless. He said all he could do was cry because he had a daughter her age. And this was a, um, he was a cop, but he wasn't white. And he said when they came in there, they fired half the department. Over half of the department was fired. Because he said they had a good old boy system out there and they didn't give a damn about that little girl. And had they had they tried to find her, might they might have found her and she might have been alive. But they didn't give a damn. They didn't care about finding her. They mistreated her mother, wouldn't give her an interpreter. They wouldn't do anything for that little girl. And so... The reason why I told this story is because I wanted to, I want people to realize the difference. People sit here and say there's no difference in how situations are handled. It is a difference. It is. I remember doing a report in college and I decided to do my report on missing African, African American women. I remember sitting at my computer and I, I literally cried because I'm looking at all these missing women and none of these, I I don't recall seeing any of this on the news. None of them. But yet they constantly had that story about the, the missing child in Aruba. And don't get me wrong, every, it was around that you know, that time and every, um, every story, I think every child should be looked for regardless of their race. I'm not saying they shouldn't have had her, um, Natalie, I, I'm not saying they shouldn't have talked about her. I'm saying, why didn't you talk about the African-American girls that were missing. It was so many of them. I didn't know what I, I was speechless. And I remember writing about that. And a female in my class said, well, why is it that you're just writing about um, black people? I mean, look at the white people that's missing. I said, ma'am, you know what? (laughs) Yes, it's, it's, Yes, it is white people missing, but you know what? There's a lot of black ones missing as well that don't even make the news like the white ones, you know? So are you going to tell me that I shouldn't write? My report was strictly about missing black women because we don't get that type of coverage when black women come up missing. They don't get that coverage. We all know that. 
the black children don't even get that type of coverage. We know that. It goes back to what I'm saying when I say sometimes, this is why people say black lives matter. That's why they have black lives matter because they're trying to get people to understand that our lives matter just like the next race. Why are we not looked for when, why are blacks not looked for when they're missing? Why is it that they're always runaways? Why do you want to say they're runaways when they're not? Why are you finding all these black children that's missing? And when you find them, why are their organs gone? Would it it be organ harvesting? I have looked at so many stories on the news where they've said a black child found with all of the organs missing. So are these kids being killed and their organs being stolen? There's an area in my state right now where there's so many missing black women in that one area. And the police don't think that's a problem. Do they think it's normal that they're all missing from that one damn area? They don't care. They they don't care. We get the word out about what's going on with black people through social media. We have to start sharing things with each other on social media. And then what happens when we share it? Then you have the the Caucasians that want to cause problems with you on your page and tell you you shouldn't be why are you sharing this you should why why aren't you sharing the stories about the white people because you all share the stories the news share the stories about the white people and i can honestly say anyone that's missing i share it i don't care if they're purple blue yellow green red i share the story because I'm for everybody, okay? I don't see race, all right? I'm when someone needs help, they need help regardless of race. So I'm going to share it either way, regardless of what race you are. But when you come on someone's page and you want to argue with them because you feel they're not doing what you feel they they need to be doing, you're you get your airtime. The news, the media is going to cover you. They're going to cover that story until they're black and blue. Okay. They're going to continue to cover that story. But when it's black children, you don't see it. So why are you angry? It's like people are angry when you say a black life matters. Why are you angry? Do you think that black lives don't matter? Why are you going and making up all lives matter? We know, we know all lives matter. Okay, we know this. But when you turn on the television and you're always seeing guns pulled and cops have guns at children, black children's heads over dolls and something stolen from a dollar store and you're pulling guns on the children and a cop did kicked down the door of the wrong house and shot an innocent child, a black child in their sleep. Do you think that that's okay? There's been so many, there's so many crimes that's taken place against the black race and no one's been punished for them. 
And I'm going to say right now, we had we had the slavery. Black people were beat. They were hung. They were set on fire. You name it. They did it all. They're doing the same thing now, except they're doing it in a different way. They're doing it in a different way. Everything that happened then is happening now. They're just doing it differently. They're using guns. You know, they're not hanging them from trees, even though there's been stories where in different states they have found blacks hanging. But everything that they're doing now, they're just doing it in a different way. Minus the the minus the cotton picking, you understand. They're still having the dogs, basically trying to eat them alive, in handcuffs, and you release your dog to attack someone in handcuffs. They're doing the same thing they did back then, except they're doing it differently now. It's just different methods. Same thing, just different methods. And everyone wants to be mad because we want to have a voice as blacks. We want to speak about, talk about how we feel. And everyone is always saying, oh, they are always playing the race card. The race card. We're always playing the race card. Who the hell do you all think you are when you say that shit? Who do you think you are? I'm just so tired of all the racists out there. And don't get me wrong, as I stated, as I always say in all of my shows, not all white people are racist. Not all black people are racist. But they're out there. There's racism in every race. But it just, it it works your nerves when you hear someone always screaming, What about this? What about that? What about it? What about it? Why won't you use all that built up energy you got to complain? Why won't you use that damn energy and help with the problem? Help us find a solution. Instead, you want to troll and you want to cause problems and you want to always say, what, what about this? What about that? What about keeping your damn mouth shut? How about that? Because you're not trying to get a solution. You're just trying to add to the problem. We don't need that right now. We need people that is going to be willing to come together regardless of race, regardless of color, and find a solution to all of these problems. We don't need a big mouth that's always just talking about, well, why why are they using the race card? Why? We're, we're, everybody's trying to make America great again. Really? I, I want to know how you're planning on doing that. Are you making it great by committing senseless murders against a race of people? Are you making it great by spreading racism all over the place? This 
world that we live in today is crumbling. Okay, it's crumbling and it's crumbling fast. And until everyone opens their eyes and put all that racism bullshit behind them, we're not going to get anywhere. In a minute, you're going to have people fighting in the middle of the damn street. People are literally going to be killing each other. Not only because of race, but because of food and medicine in a minute, because people can't afford food. People can't afford their medicine. People can't afford anything. Everything is just so screwed up right now in this country. It's going to be like Babylon in a moment. But people don't see that. You have the media only reporting what the media wants to report. The media want, they will tell you a certain, they, they, they tell you what they want to tell you. They report what they want to report. They don't report the whole story. Why is it that when something happens and it's, it's white and black in the media, when it's a white person, they show all these beautiful pictures of this person with his family and with his children and his wife, but yet he killed his wife and his kids. But you're not going to put any bad picture up there. You're not even going to put the mug shot up there. You're just going to put the pictures of his family up there. And then when you see pictures of, when you see a black man being charged, you show mug shots and you want to go back to when he was five years old and he stole a Tootsie Roll. Where's the pictures of him and his family cuddling, playing around? Where's the good pictures? You find some of the worst pictures that you can to make him out to be some type of savage. And then you want to put the white guy on the front of the news like he was a saint. But yet your saint just went and killed his two children and his wife. Yes, the media needs to change what the hell they are doing too. They're part of the problem. They're a part of the problem. So it's it's so many people adding to the problem, but no one's adding to the solution. No one's trying to make things better. How about instead of you running around here saying, let's make America great again? How about we make the world safe again? How about we make the world peaceful again? How about we stop the violence or at least try to stop some of the violence again? Because I'm I'm just tired of it. I'm I'm tired of turning on my news, turning on the news and looking at all this this all of this mayhem. I'm just it's it leaves your it leaves you nauseous. All you can do is shake your head. When you get in your car, you're afraid that you might get in your car and drive past someone that don't like the fact that you're driving black today and decide to take his gun out and shoot you. Shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't have to worry about that. Kids shouldn't have to worry about if they're going to be stopped and harassed and searched by the law. 
they shouldn't have to worry about if someone if they walk past someone's house that this person don't you know they shouldn't have to worry about the person running outside and shooting them down saying that they were trying to come to their door or something you can't even walk up the street being black these days you can't even shop while being black because all they want to do is accuse you of stealing you can have a million dollars in your pocket but when you go in that store and you're black you're a thief in their eyes you're a thief they don't give a damn. You have, I dare you come in my store and shop. I dare you come in the store where I work and you spend more money than I have to spend. We got to change this. this. This is that bullshit I'm talking about. So yes, it, it pisses me off. Every day seeing all this, you, it pisses you off because you're looking like, damn, instead of getting better, it's getting worse. People chanting racist things and no one finds that offensive. You think it's okay? Go back to your country. Hell, what if, are you going back to your country? When is the madness going to stop people? When everybody's all loaded up with guns and, and shooting each other dead in the street. Or when people are fighting in the street over food, water, medicine, because the way it's looking, no one is going to be able to afford anything. So either you're going to be rich or you're going to be poor. They're knocking out the middle class. So it's either rich or poor people. So while you're promoting your anger and promoting your violence, if you're not a part of that rich bracket, then I guess you're going to be poor. So how about you promote awareness to what's going on in this country? Stop promoting hatred, bigotry. Just stop it. Because I am tired of it. We are all tired of it. Okay? Make a change. Make a change. Okay, um, I hope everyone has, I hope you've enjoyed listening to my podcast. Um, I am going to keep them coming. And as always, I'm coming I'm on that reel. So everything I talk about will be totally true. Everything is real. I'm not going to candy coat anything. I'm using this as my way of voicing my, I'm, I'm giving myself the voice that I need to talk about everything that we need to talk about. Because when you try to talk about these matters on social media, then you get the people that wants to make America great again, turning in everyone's pages when you're just trying to talk about the things that's going wrong in the world. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to give my voice I'm going to have my voice on my podcast. You're not going to stop me from what I what I, from saying what I want to say. You don't have to listen. I'll tell anyone, you don't ever have to listen to any of my podcasts. But if you're someone that's true, you're someone that likes truth, you're someone that likes everything being told, you like a person being real, 
and you want to have a decent discussion without someone interrupting you because it's they don't want to hear the problem the problems that's going on in the world so they try to they they try to close your mouth block your voice i'm not going to allow anyone to do that to me this is my podcast and my voice will be heard and I just hope that there's people out there that understand where I'm coming from and feel the same way that I feel that we need to take. We need to make a change in this world. We all need to sit down and talk about what's going on and try to figure out something that we can do to change it. Because right now, this whole world is at odds with each other. No one's getting along. No one is getting along. Everyone is hating everyone. And, and the sad thing is half the people don't even know why they're hating. They're just following in someone else's footsteps that's promoting hatred. We're living in a world right now that just seems like things are just falling apart, like just crumbling at a fast speed, people. We need to come together and figure out how to change this. We need to make a change. Or all of this hatred, bigotry, all of this is going to be the country's downfall. If we don't get it together. Well, until next time, um, I appreciate you all taking the time out to listen to my podcast. Um, as always, I hope that you all decide that you want to make a change because I've decided we need to make a change in this country, in this world, everywhere, everywhere. There's fighting everywhere. Everyone is at odds. We have got to do something better. But until then, thanks for tuning in to Life As It Is with Dora Middleton. And until next time, I'll see you later. Or shall I say, I will talk to you later. Take care.